Welcome to the Santos Says Podcast. I'm your host and your boy, Santos, proud owner of Santos Threads. Make sure you visit our shop online at santos-threads.com, S-A-N-T-O-S-T-H-R-E-A-D-S.com. Get 15% off your first purchase. You can get wonderful merch like this Ken Griffey Jr. tee that I'm wearing right here and other great apparel for men's, uh, for men as well as for women. Uh, tees, hats. Uh, it's still not too late to save on some summer looks as well. And uh, stay tuned for that fall collection that's coming up pretty soon as well. We're going to have a nice little fall collection uh, that we're going to introduce. Make sure you check us out at santos-threads.com. Now, welcome This is episode number 11. On this episode, I will be analyzing the three greatest U.S. Olympic basketball teams, men's Olympic basketball teams of all time. I will be giving my opinion as far as which three teams I believe are the best of the best. Now, um, there's a lot, there were a lot of great teams that have come through along the way, but I will break down the three that I believe are the greatest of the great. Plus, I'm going to bring it. I have to do it. I um, Anybody who follows me on Instagram, make sure you follow me at uh, Santos Thread Shop. Anybody who follows me on Instagram may remember I recently put a post where I mentioned. <laughs> all right. This is going to cause some controversy. We're going to break this down as well. I mentioned in the post that I believed that the Dream Team 2, which the real Dream Team 2 is the men's Uh, USA Olympic basketball team from 1996 that I believe that that roster has more talent than the 1992 edition. I will make the case for why the dream team two roster and team is every bit as talented, if not more talented or better than the original dream team. I will make the case under excruciating odds because um, the response has been overwhelmingly uh, crazy or negative towards me. (laughs) <laughs> considering my opinion. Uh, I have also been asked if I, um, uh, if I needed to be tested for any kind of substances or whatever, but Hey, it's my opinion. I will make the case for why the 1996 men's Olympic team dream team Two, why that team is just as good, if not better than the original dream team of 1992. I will make that argument. So all that and more episode 11. So here we go. Let's get into it. Um, Let's analyze the three greatest uh, men's Olympic uh, USA basketball teams. So um, just to put it in in proper context, look, um, we know, everybody knows that, everybody knows about the 1992 Dream Team. Like this is, this was the one that got us started. This is the one that started the whole, um, it was a cultural event. It was a cultural thing that happened here. When that, when that team, when you saw that 1992 Olympic dream team, it was something to behold, um, just the notion of it. And I will get into that team in particular, but I want to talk about the other two teams that I put on that list. So um, without further ado, um, one of the teams that gets disrespected in this conversation, I mean, look, there's been a lot of great teams. You can look at the 2012 team in Beijing. Um, I would put that as an honorable mention. That team in, in, you know, 2012 or Beijing, I mean, you had uh, plenty of great players. Uh, when you look at it, um, 
Sorry, not Be- Beijing. Excuse me. The team I'm going to bring up right now is a 2008 team from Beijing, not 2012. 2012 was, um, I believe, Athens. So um, that was not what um, what I'm going to bring. The 2012 team from Athens, excuse me, that's the one that's the honorable mention. So they were a good team, but they do not crack my list. The 2008 team, the United States men's Olympic basketball team, where its leading scorer was Dwayne Wade with 16 points a game that, that year. This team right here was incredible, okay? This was also known as the Redeem Team. This was the team that was known as the Redeem Team, which was kind of like a play on the original 1992 uh, Dream Team, whatever, it kind of rhymes. What have you, that's what it is. So the 2008 United States men's Olympic basketball team, first of all, was undefeated. Did not lose. Um, this team had it, it had a bit. It had some of that Miami Heat. Remember during that those years, you know, you had um, the Heat who were uh, remember in in that around that time frame. You had the Miami Heat that were running the league. Um, that was right out that after that point, or right around that point. So um, you were getting close to that era. So. This was like a, a almost like a precursor, if you were right. You had, you had basically. First of all, Coach K was the coach of this team. Obviously, one of the all-time great coaches. That's indisputable. I mean, you, it's undebatable. Coach K, who I believe is going to retire after this year, um, after the season, with uh, Duke, the great legendary Duke coach, uh, national champion, the whole thing. So, let's get. This in perspective. Um, so, first off, let's start with the point guard play. At this time, mind you, we're taking you back to 2008, so let's keep that in mind. The point guards on this team, you had Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd was an amazing player. Let's, not, let's forget scratch point guard. Let's just go guard play in general. Jason Kidd, now I understand Jason Kidd was older already, but he was still playing at a very high level, um, was still, you know, was still doing his thing, um, won an NBA title with the Mavericks. He he was right there. You know, he was still very effective. You had LeBron James. Uh, wait, I don't want to talk about LeBron James yet. But we know LeBron was there, okay? Darren Williams. So you had Jason Kidd, Darren Williams. Darren Williams at that time, with the Utah Jazz. He was still with the Jazz. He was not with the Nets yet. This guy was a baller. I mean, he was in the conversation for best point guard in the entire league. He and Chris Paul, who was also on this team. So you have Chris Paul, Michael Red. Let's not put some respect on Michael Red's name. Michael Red was an outstanding player. Outstanding player. Okay? I followed him all the way through college. Great player. Now, after that, you know, a couple of years after that, he kind of just fell off a cliff. He wasn't as, as good um, for a, an assortment of reasons, but um, a myriad of reasons. So Kobe Bryant, the late, great Kobe. This is just the guards. We're talking Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, Darren Williams, Michael Red, Jason Kidd. These were the guys you're talking about. Jason Kidd, Dwayne Wade, Michael Red. 
uh, Darren Williams, um, Chris Paul, and of course the late great Kobe Bryant. I mean, talk about guard play. This was guard play to the max. But no, it doesn't stop there. You had a young Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard was still young in 2008, okay? Dwight Howard with the Orlando Magic. He was at his best of the best, playing center, the center position. Dwight Howard was the big man in the middle there. Then you had Chris Bosh. This was not Chris Bosh with the Heat yet. Remember, this was the precursor to the Heat. He wasn't on the Heat quite yet. This, for all we know, this Olympic experience might have been what sparked the idea for them to put the the three the three headed monster together right to form that that uh, the heatles to form that team so we have and Tayshawn Prince who Tayshawn Prince was a very underrated player one of the top defensive players in his era I mean Tayshawn Prince at forward was a tremendous player Chris Bosh with the Toronto Raptors I mean this guy was averaging like 23 24 points and like 12 13 rebounds I mean this guy was an absolute bucket and a rebound. This guy was a top, I would make the argument, Chris Bosch was probably a top 10 player in the league at that time. Um, maybe higher, uh, top seven player in the league at that time, if you can believe that. Carmelo Anthony still was young with the Denver Nuggets. This was this was Carmelo at the peak of his powers, pretty much, um, or, or close to it. Carmelo Anthony, everyone knows that Carmelo Anthony is one of the great Olympic scorers of all time. Um, always seemed to have stepped his game up uh, during the Olympic time, and um, this situation was no different. So he was there. Uh, Carmelo was there. And, of course, LeBron James. LeBron James was already – he was with Cleveland. Remember, the year um, – was it a year prior, year and change prior? He, he took a very suspect Cleveland Cavaliers roster with not much on it. Anderson Varejao, go look it up and took them to the finals. Obviously, when they got there, they didn't win, but he took this team to the finals. This guy was already starting to come into his own, LeBron James. And, of course, Carlos Boozer, who was also with the Jazz, like Darren Williams. Um, you know, at this time, Carlos Boozer was a – he could ball. Like, I don't think people understand. Like, Carlos Boozer was a baller at this time. This was – you know, this was prime Carlos Boozer. So – um. That's what it was. I mean, he would, so this team was a tremendous team. They were, you know, they, they were very good and they were beating teams down, you know. Um, it wasn't quite like, remember, see, I don't like to compare the margin of victory when it comes to these, these errors. It's, it's difficult because you got to remember the level of competition has changed over time. So, um, you got to remember, it's extremely difficult to compare margin of victory, say, from 92 to whatever, to 2000 or 2004 or 2008, whatever, 2012. You get the point. It's very difficult to compare uh, margin of, of victory. It really is. So in my humble opinion, this team makes third on the list just because of the sheer uh, the names that you have on it, you know, Dwayne Wade, obviously with Dwayne Wade and LeBron and Bosch and uh, and Carmelo and Kobe. And I mean, these names, these are all time greats. And these guys are all on one team. And this team came back, you know, remember, um, 
the 2004, um, which um, I had mentioned 2012 as a, um, for some reason I confused the, the, um, the venue. The 2012 Olympics were in London. So excuse me. The two, this team though, the 2008 team was the redeemed team because they were, if you remember the 2004 Olympics in Athens, which was coached, uh, coached by, um, Larry Brown, that team was a disaster. If you remember, that was the team that lost to, to Puerto Rico. Um, I remember you had Carlos Arroyo going like this. I remember that. Trust me. I had mixed feelings about that. You know, I was, uh, as a kid, it was a, it was a nice experience. Put it to you that way. When Puerto Rico beats the United States in basketball, that's a problem. I'm sorry. I got to be honest. That's a big, big problem. And so that's what happened. They were embarrassed in Athens. So then after that, uh, four years, fast forward four years, you had the redeemed team 2008. So to me, that gets my, my, that's on the list of the top three. You put in whatever spot you want. I have them at number three, uh, me personally. So, all right. So this is the, this is the fun part. Everybody wants to debate this with me. When it comes to this, they, they always debate, okay, um, Santos, um, what's the deal, Santos? Why is it that you think, so I'm, I'm not, so just for the sake of this argument, the two teams, you know what they are. I'm going to tell you right now. The 1996, um, the 1996 men's Olympic, uh, the uh, United States men's Olympic basketball team, Dream Team 2, because this is really Dream Team 2, not 94. 94 doesn't count because 1994 was, there's some people who erroneously refer to the 1994 uh, United States men's uh, basketball Olympic qualifying team as Dream Team 2. That is not Dream Team 2. Ladies and gentlemen, Dream Team 2 is 1996. It's got to be for an Olympic Games to qualify. Just uh, to, to qualify. <laughs> That's funny. To, to, to fit the category, right? So put, let's get that clear. Okay, so just for, for the sake of this argument, because a lot of people put the 1992 team ahead of all the teams, and rightly so. Um, it's, it's tough to beat that team. So I'm going to go ahead and slide the 1990, for the sake of this list that I put together, let's slide in the 1996 team at number two, right? Number two greatest of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, the 1996 team, which, which was coached by Lenny Wilkins, the great Lenny Wilkins. Now, mind you, 92 was coached by Chuck Daly. So Chuck Daly was coming off of winning two rings. Um, I would have to say advantage goes to Chuck Daly on the, on the coaching front. Uh, Rest in peace, Mr. Chuck Daly. Chuck Daly was a tremendous coach. But so was Lenny Wilkins. Lenny Wilkins, listen, he's got a lot of victories. Lenny Wilkins was a good coach, and, and so he was, you know, he did his job on this team. So let's go through this roster real quick, right? The 1996 team. Now, there's some, let's go with the overlap first. So we're going to go with the two, with, with the names that are on both rosters, just to kind of compare. So the 1996 and 92 team featured Charles Barkley, John Stockton, Carl Malone, Scottie Pippen. 
and David Robinson. Those are the names that were on both the 92 roster as well as the 1996 rosters. So Charles Barkley in 1996 averaged 23 points per game and 11.6 rebounds. He was 33 years old. So he, he still had game left. He was good. He was not as young as he was in 92. You know, in 92, Charles Barkley could jump out the gym. Like, that Charles Barkley was a different kind of Charles Barkley. But in 96, he was still very good. The drop-off was not great. It was not a, a, a large drop-off. It was just slightly a slight drop-off. So let's go with Carl Malone. Carl Malone was All-NBA first team in 1996. All NBA first team in 96. Okay. 25 points a game and nine rebounds, 9.8 rebounds in 96. Okay. That was 96. In 92, I have this all written down. You can believe this. In 92, he actually averaged 27 points a game. So, it, you know, the drop off was not great. Um, it was it was close, you know. It's a close. Um, the the num the drop off was not crazy. It was not a crazy drop off. So, um, it's one of those things that it's interesting. He actually averaged yeah he's averaged twenty seven points a game and eleven assists and eleven assists in ninety and that was in ninety two. In 96, he averaged 25.7 and 9.8. So there was not a big drop-off. And remember, that was before Carl Malone. That was before Carl Malone led the Jazz to the um to the finals. That was right before the, the, the following season, he would lead them to back-to-back -back finals. And you can make the argument that that was probably him at the peak of his powers um, those two years. So you know, Carl Malone was great in 92. You could make the argument he was a little better in 96 as far as all-around game. So um, those are the ones that – so I just went over the names that there's overlap, that, that are common as far as that, that were on both the 92 and 96 teams. So in 96 – see, the 96 team gets so disrespected. 96 and 92 teams was also Scottie Pippen. So you had Scottie Pippen as well, who Scottie Pippen – was about the same level, 92, as he was in 96. He was. It, it was right there. Um, numbers were the same, around 19 points a game, six assists, six rebounds. The numbers were almost identical from 92 to 96. Numbers were identical. Um, Pippen was first-team All-NBA in 96, though. I think we need to put that in perspective. Scottie Pippen was 30. You know, he was 30 years old uh, in 96, but he was all-team all uh, first uh, team NBA, all NBA first team. So this is the crazy thing. So when you look at this team, when you look at that 96 team, which I know I didn't, I said it was hard to men mention margin of victory. Um, margin of victory was 32.3 points a game. Okay. 32.3 points a game is humongous. Now to put it in perspective though, the 1992 Dream Team won. The average margin of victory was 43.8 points a game. But again, so let's take that with a grain of salt, though. This is my point. The reason why the 96 and the 92 teams are probably the best two 
Olympic uh, men's, uh, U.S. men's Olympic basketball teams is because these two were the most dominant ones. So they had these two teams represent the largest average margins of victory, if you want to go by that. Um, which, again, it's tough because the level of competition has also gotten better over time. So I don't want to diminish uh, the later editions of the NBA, uh, NBA of the men's Olympic uh, U.S. basketball teams because, again, they're facing better competition. So it's, it, it's a little tough to gauge that way, but it's just to paint the whole picture as far as comparing the squads. So on this 96, just to finish my thought on this one particular thing here. So uh, obviously you, you, they're both star-studded. The 92 and the 96 teams are star-studded. Um, now, just to go over the 92, right? I want to go back over the 92 because I, I'm not going to go, I'm going to make the, the comparison. I'm going to make the argument for why the 96 team is just as good as the 92 team. But I just wanted to make this little point as far as, um, you know, what each team has as far as what the attributes of each team. So in 1992, obviously the first dream team, look, anytime you got Michael, um, you got Mike, you got Bird, uh, and Magic on one team, like just on name recognition, you're going to get the edge. I get that. Especially when you got Michael Jordan. Like it's insane. So in 1992, you got Christian Leitner. Now I understand Christian Leitner has become a punchline. Uh, myself included, I've, I've made him a punchline as well. Like I'm not going to deny that. But it's hindsight is 2020. At the time, Christian Leitner was two-time All-ACC, which was the conference he played for with Duke, was a two-time NCAA champion, was a college player of the year. Like, this guy was a can't-miss prospect. Like, Christian Leitner was the best college basketball player in the country for, like, two years in a row. He was. He just was. Um, Christian Leitner was the absolute best college basketball player on the planet. The, what I don't like about his inclusion on this team is that the rest of the team, the other 11 slots of the roster are by NBA All-Stars. That's where I don't think he fits or that where, where I didn't think he fit on this roster. That's my one complaint. I always made the case. I always felt that Isaiah Thomas should have been on that team. That's me. That's fine. You want to you want to go against it? You want to disagree? You say that Christian Leitner belonged on there. I just want to give the facts. Christian Leitner was the best college player at the time. My only knock was I don't believe that he de deserved that spot considering the magnitude and the pedigree of the other players around him. So the rest of the roster, we have the all-time great David Robinson. David Robinson was on this team, as I mentioned uh, previously. He was on both teams, 96 uh, as well as 92. The great Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing is one of the most unappreciated, underappreciated, underrated players of all time. And it's not even fair. It's not even right. People in New York love him, call him St. Patrick. He's the best. Um, one of the great players. At this time, he was at the peak of his powers. This, this was before his knees were starting to give out. Averaging 24, uh, 24 a game, 11 rebounds, three blocks a game. Um, was constantly being... was. was always named or mentioned among the, amongst the best centers in the game, top two or three uh, centers in the entire sport at that time. So he deserves all that. Uh, Larry Legend. Larry Legend, interestingly enough, 
interestingly enough, Larry Bird was on this team and he was on this team and people say, well, he was washed up myself being myself included. I feel that he, you know, Larry Bird, um, he averaged 20 and 10 that year, by the way. So this was his last year in the league prior. Um, it was kind of a sympathy vote to put him in, but it's not like he didn't deserve to be there. Um, his back was constantly acting up throughout the season as well as uh, in the Olympic Games. So he was not, he was kind of, he wasn't what he used to be. You know, he was 35 years old. He was, just, he was already past his prime. But Larry Bird was one of the all-time greats, and I felt like they put him in there. I feel like he still deserved to be on this team just because of what he represented to basketball as a whole. You know, the, the whole point of this, you know, the 92 team was about, um, the 92 team was about a package. They were packaging this. This was for entertainment as well. This was a package deal. This was about building basketball on a global scale, the NBA in particular. And so I understood why he went, why they sent him overseas with this team. Scotty Pippen, who I mentioned before, he was on the team. Clyde Drexler, who at that time you could make the argument was the second best shooting guard besides Jordan, was averaging 25 points a game and 6.7 assists that season prior to the Olympic Games. Carl Malone, who I mentioned before, his running mate, John Stockton, one of the all-time great pass-first point guards, pure point guard, led the NBA in assists a million times, one of the all-time great uh Point guards, period. Charles Barkley, who I mentioned before. Charles Barkley at this time could fly. Like he was, he was like, you got to see the highlights of him uh, uh, at, in 92. I mean, this guy, not only that, but he led the Olympic team in scoring. Um, interestingly, uh, interestingly enough, Charles Barkley led the U.S. men's team in scoring on both occasions, which I find fascinating. He led the 92 team as well as the 96 team. And, of course, Chris Mullen, one of the greatest lefty shooters of all time, St. John's uh, product, legend, uh, one of the great players of all time. Chris Mullen was a tremendous player, had a great jump shot, uh, difficult to defend, tough player, uh, New York, uh, Brooklyn-born, uh, New York player, definitely a legend here in New York, uh, Chris Mullen. And, of course, Magic Johnson. Who could forget Magic Johnson, who... Didn't have any stats in the 92 season because, remember, he had retired temporarily uh, due to uh, the, the HIV, um, his situation with HIV, contracting HIV. He retired for the year. And then, if you remember, he came back and had a pretty good year the following season. Um, but most importantly, during the Olympics, uh, the Olympic Games, he played well. I think the presence of Jordan being there really motivated him. I think it brought another side of magic out and he kind of showed that he had some left in the tank and, and he really did uh, play a very, a brilliant uh, Olympic tournament. He played very well. And so that 92 team, listen, rightly so it's the OG team. It's the OG team. Like it is the team that everybody loves uh, that people remember. It is the team that globalized the sport. So, Here's my pitch, ladies and gentlemen. This is my pitch. Santos is going to give you the pitch right here. Okay? Here we go. The year is 1996. Okay? I'm going to paint the picture for you. The year is 1996. The place is 
the the location is Atlanta, Georgia, United States. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to make the argument for why the 1996 team is every bit as good, if not better, than the the original Dream Team. Okay. Now, here's I'm going to make this first point. Right. If look at that roster again from '92. Really quick, just look at the roster again. I want you guys to, to, to take a look at this roster again. An all-time great star-studded roster. You know, Christian Leitner, okay, didn't have a great NBA career. was a solid NBA player. But let's just go by what they were at that time, okay, just to put it in context. Christian Leitner, great all-time college player. I listed the accolades already. Great player. David Robinson, Patrick Ewing, Larry Bird. Scotty Pippen, Michael Jordan, Clyde Drexler, Carl Malone, John Stockton, Chris Mullen, Charles Barkley, Magic Johnson. That roster is mind-numbing. That roster right there, this is this is big time. Now, you read I read off the names. Let me let me scratch off one prominent name. On here to see what you think about the roster. Again, this is a 12-man roster. It has Christian Leitner and 11 other all-time great players, NBA superstars, slash Hall of Famers. Okay, let's scratch off. Let, let's let's take a look at this. Let's take Michael Jordan off the roster. Okay, for argument's sake. If you take Michael Jordan off the 1992 roster, what are you guys thinking about that roster? Are you actually telling me that you think you can say this with a straight face? Okay? That it's that much better than the 96 roster. Let's read 96 off. Let's put you to 96. Let's bring you to 96, okay? Let's bring you to 96. The 1996 roster features Charles Barkley, who, like I mentioned, averaged 23 points a game and 11.6 rebounds a game, was on both teams in that season, was 33 years old. Now, I understand Charles Barkley wasn't jumping out the gym like he was when he was younger, but he was still a very good player, was an all-star, was named to All-NBA, the whole thing. Charles Barkley, Penny Hardaway, John Stockton, Carl Malone, Reggie Miller, Akeem the Dream Olajuwon, Shaquille O'Neal, Gary Payton, Scotty Pippen, Mitch Richmond, David the Admiral Robinson, Grant Hill. Just a few notes here. Akeem Olajuwon, let me, let me break this down. Look at the three centers on this team, okay? Look at the three big men on this team. Remember, back then, they used to play with a center. I know that that's a foreign concept to a lot of people listening now or watching now or for a lot of us. It's a common, it, you know, it's a foreign concept nowadays. But back then, they played with a center. That's what they did. Akeem Olajuwon, he was the back-to-back NBA Finals MVP, was averaging 27 points and 11 rebounds that season. Put that in perspective. Two-time NBA champion going into this. Shaquille O'Neal. I understand we all romanticize over Shaquille O'Neal with Kobe and with the Lakers. 
Shaq at this time, 24-year-old Shaq, could run up the court like a deer. He could run with anybody. He was not the big fat uh, Shaq Diesel playing with Kobe. This this version of Shaq was his, in his athletic peak, averaging 26.6 points a game and 11 rebounds. Was also named to All-NBA. Shaquille O'Neal. And then the other, the third big man, David Robinson, who I understand was 30 years old at this time, was not necessarily, um, was not quite athletically what he was in 92, but he was still there. He was named to the All-NBA first team. He averaged 25 points a game, 12 rebounds a game, and three blocks a game. Dude, what am I missing? This guy was an absolute beast still. At 30 years old, David Robinson was still balling. He was still balling. Like the drop-off was nothing. There was no drop-off. He was still just as good. He was, he was amazing. Okay? So those are the three big men. Plus, you you meant plus, like I said, this the, the players who were on the first one, on the first dream team, Barkley, Stockton, Malone, Pippen, and Robinson. So that's what you, you had those guys who were, you bring those guys back, right? Then you had the two young guys who I could make the case were supposed to be the next Michael Jordan and did not accomplish that because of injuries and, and terrible luck. And But these the next two players I'm going to mention were, you can ask, you can take a look, go to YouTube, take a look at, at um, take a look at the video clips where Jordan is giving them praise, those two were the next guys who were going to take the baton. I'm talking about Penny Hardaway and Grant Hill. Those players were going to be the next best players in the entire league. They were tremendous. I think people are disrespecting this team because they forget, they for, they discredit Grant Hill and Penny Hardaway because of their, how their careers were um, altered by injuries. I think people kind of get lose sight of that. Penny Hardaway was... All-NBA first team that year. He averaged 21.7 points per game and 7.1 rebounds per game. Those were his averages. Petty Hardaway, all-NBA first team. He and Shaq were running mates before uh, Shaq and Kobe. Okay, that's a team that the year before went to the NBA Finals and eliminated Jordan in a playoff series. But nobody talks about that. People act like Jordan never lost in a playoff series. Yeah, I understand he was coming off retirement. I get that. That's an asterisk next to it. But, jo yes, Jordan has been eliminated in playoff series. And Penny and Shaq did that. That happened that year because they were missing uh, uh, Horace Grant. That's what happened. Nobody talks about that. They the, the Bulls lost to the, you know, in 95, the 95 season. Bulls lost to the Magic because they did not have Grant Hill. Uh, sorry, Horace Grant. They were missing Horace Grant. That's why they lost. But I digress. Then you have so uh, oh, Grant Hill. Grant Hill was NBA second team. This was his second year in the league. Grant Hill, NBA second team, all NBA, 20 points a game, 9.9 .9 rebounds, seven assists a game. He was LeBron before LeBron, but just more smooth. That was Grant Hill. Go, I invite the kids. Kids, if you're listening to this and watching or watching this, go to YouTube, type in Grant Hill highlights. It will blow your mind. The guy was incredible. 
And he was supposed to be, you know, at that time, he was on his way to being the best player in the league. He really was. So he was, those guys were on that team. Okay. And then not to mention, we're going to get to this right here. 28-year-old point guard, Gary Payton. Gary Payton was fresh off of leading the NBA in steals at uh, almost three steals a game. He averaged 19.5 points a game and seven assists and was named the NBA Defensive Player of the Year. They called him the glove. He was one of the, the he's one of the greatest point guards ever lived. Does not get his just due. Gary Payton, look him up, NBA Hall of Famer. One of the all-time greats, and I, I make the argument, I will make the argument the greatest defensive point guard that's ever lived. I and I stand by that. So what about some what about shooting? Santos, what about shooting? Does this team shoot? Can they shoot? You're damn right they could shoot. You ever heard of Mitch Richmond? I'm inviting, uh, type in, go, a lot of YouTube assignments here. Go to YouTube, type in Mitch Richmond. Mitch Richmond, do you guys know that Rich Mitchman, Rich, Mitch, Rich, <laughs> Mitch Richmond, do you guys know that Mitch Richmond is a career 21 points per game scorer? Do you know that Mitch Richmond has over 20,000 points in his career. If Mitch Richmond was playing today in this era where guys are chucking up threes like it, like they're going out of style, Mitch Richmond's point averages will be insane. This guy played in an era where the three-point ball was not even used as, as much as it is today. Mitch Richmond, we would look at him like on a different plane, honestly. We don't appreciate him because he played in the wrong era. It, simple and plain. He played in the wrong era. That's what happened with, with Mitch, to be honest with you. One of the most underrated players of all time, Mitch Richmond. Look him up. 20,000 career points and a 21-point-per-game score for his career. So he was an NBA All-Star that year as well, All-NBA, the whole thing. So, yeah, put some respect on his name. Reggie Miller. You make the argument, that's another one, that had he played in a different era, his numbers would be inflated. He'd have even more points per game uh, for the average for the career. All-NBA third team, averaged 21.1 points a game, was a 41% three-point shooter. One of the greatest players of all time, one of the great spot-up shooters, could create a little bit off the dribble as well, was not super crafty with the handle, but was effective. And one of the great shooters slash three-point shooters this game has ever seen. Reggie Miller. Yes. Reggie Miller, who almost beat the Bulls in that 98 series if it weren't for a couple whistles. I'll leave that at that. I'll let you guys investigate that in 1998. The Eastern Conference Finals, Indiana versus Chicago. I'll let you guys check out that footage. But um, nonetheless, this roster was stacked. Okay? With all these names, with all these guys... They get no respect, no credit. I'm here to give them the proper due that they deserve. The 1996 U.S. Men's Olympic Basketball Team from 96, Dream Team 2. Just as good, or if not better, than the 92 Dream Team. <laughs> per Santos. Now, 92, look. 
I'll, I'll make this case. Look, with 92, if you, you mean to tell me, okay, because we know the names here. You when, when you have Larry Bird, you have uh, uh, Barkley Bird, Magic Johnson, Patrick Ewing, David Robinson, Scottie Pippen, Clyde Jurexa, Carmelo. I mean, this team is stacked. Let, let's not get it confused. This team is ridiculous. My point is that though, my point though is that the '96, the '96 team does not have a Christian Leitner. There is no Christian Leitner on that roster. There is no weak point on that roster, or th there's no blemish, if you will, um, from the NBA standpoint. Again, Christian Leitner had the NCAA pedigree, but he didn't fit the roster. That was my only. That's my only complaint against uh, against Leitner. He does not fit the rest of that roster. That roster has NBA talent, NBA all-timers. So to me, it's not fair to Christian. At the same time, it's what it is. He he didn't deserve to be on that roster. I'm sorry. He just didn't. Um, my thing is, if you take Michael Jordan off of that 92 roster, so you don't have Jordan, but you have everybody else, Magic, Bird, Stockton, Malone, Drexler, uh, Pippen, Ewing, Robinson, Christian Leitner. You're telling me that roster is better than the 96 roster? You're talking about Shaq, Barkley, Penny, Carl Malone, Hakeem. First of all, that three-headed monster with Hakeem, Shaq, and David Robinson. Yeah, okay. Good luck trying to stop that roster. Good luck trying to stop that three-headed monster. Those are three of probably the... the, the the best seven or eight bigs who've ever lived on that team. Right there. With Grant Hill coming into his own. Scottie Pippen, obviously, all-time great, was on both rosters, as I mentioned. Stockton Malone, who, like I said, with Malone, see, here's the, people try to say, oh, well, they were older. Pippen, Malone, Stockton, Robinson were all older. Yes, they were older in 96 than they were in 92. But then the other side of the coin is that the drop-off was not that big. The, the, either there was no drop-off or the drop-off was very small. And in instances where there was no drop-off, these players, remember, they adjust. They, they get better. So you can say athletically maybe they could have been off by a hair or two from 92 to 96, those players who I mentioned. But also, you make the argument that they were more skilled and more experienced. So you could make the argument that a player like a Barkley, a Carl Malone, a Stockton were more seasoned. They were more seasoned. They were more. They had more experience. They were better uh, in game situations. They weren't as raw as they were when they were younger. Even though they were already they were in their late twenties, but still, they were more seasoned. They were more complete. I'll make the argument that. 96 Carl Malone is better than 92 Carl Malone, just based on the fact that he was more well-rounded. At that point, Carl Malone was getting to that point where we had seen the best basketball he ever played in his life. He was getting towards that MVP, uh, the two-time uh, NBA uh, finals appearances. He was getting, he was on the cusp of that. So my argument, so the Carl Malone and Stockton debate is kind of, it, it, it kind of doesn't make sense because they they were the Jazz were would go on to do better things after 1992, not before it. They would go on to do better things after 96. So they were still they still had a lot left. So 
That's what I say about that. Um, and again, like I said, the 96 roster doesn't have a, a, a Christian Leitner. It doesn't. That's the biggest hole you could say is on the 92 roster. Fair or not? The biggest blemish on that 92 roster is the fact that Christian Leitner's name appears on the roster. That's the biggest blemish. 96 does not have a Christian Leitner. 96 has three of the all-time great bigs. 96 has Prime Penny and Ascending Grant Hill. 96 has still in his prime Scottie Pippen. 96 has still in his prime David Robinson. And still in his prime uh, John Stockton. And still in his prime Carl Malone. If you take Michael Jordan's name off 92, I'm telling you, nobody's looking at that list the same. They're not. They're not. And the team still would have been good anyway. There was no way. No one was beating them. 92, that collection of talent was too good for anyone. No one would have beaten them. You could have taken three of the stars out of there. They still would beat everybody. You could have just played the roster with, with seven or eight guys, and they still would have creamed everybody that year, 92. So that's my, that's my thing. I'm just here to say put more respect on 1996 Dream Team 2. It's a fun debate. It's It really is. And, um, you know, I just think that people get caught up in the names. So they see Larry Bird and um, they see Bird and they see Magic Johnson and they see Jordan on one team. And it's easy to say, well, that's the best team. But I, I'm breaking down the rosters based on where they were at that point of their careers. That's how I'm trying. I'm trying to put it in that context. If you want to go by who has the star power as far as all time greats, 92. Just because you're going to have that when you have Scottie Pippen, Jordan, Clyde Drexler, Malone, uh, Barkley, Magic Johnson, you know, Larry Legend. You're going to get that every time because those names are immortals. They're, they're, they've got the names. I'm going based on where they were at the time. Larry Bird had to like stretch on the on the hardwood to get his back right in between quarters. Larry Bird was not the same Larry Bird that you saw in 86, 87, 88. He was not the same Larry Bird. Okay. Um, Magic Johnson had taken a year off. Magic Johnson came back to play very well. He had something left in the tank, but this was not prime. This was not Showtime Lakers, Magic Johnson. So that's my point. So those are the knocks for me against 92. Bird was not the same guy. Magic was not the same guy. And you had Christian Leitner. To me, that makes three strikes against the 92 Dream Team. 96, the only, you want to make a, okay, you want to know what the, the only thing is, like I said, the one name that's, the, the one glaring omission, and this probably could have happened if he would have decided to play, the glaring omission of the 96 Dream Team is Jordan. If Jordan is on that roster, everybody's feeling this a different way. I'm telling you. If you put Jordan on that 96 roster, everybody and their mother will say that the 96 roster is better. Guarantee. Like, for instance, I'll give you an example. If you replace Mitch Richmond with Michael Jordan, what are you? everybody's saying that, it's, that it's Dream Team 2 is better than Dream Team 1. I guarantee it. So it's Jordan. It's Jordan that's making everyone think that the 92 team is better than 96. Now, that's my opinion. I'm, I'm curious to know what is yours.
Guys, make sure you check me out. Um, whether you're watching this on YouTube, the Santos Says podcast channel, or if you're listening on um, Spotify, Apple, Amazon Music, or Stitcher, um, I'm curious to know your thoughts. Make sure you hit me up on the Instagram at Santos Thread Shop. Again, let me know your thoughts. Is the 96 team better than the 92 team? Is Santos, you know, am I off base? Am I doing, am I wrong? Curious to know your take. Uh, make sure you guys hit me up. And again, make sure uh, you check us out at santos-threads.com. That was my little rant. It was fun. It took you guys down a mem- uh, trip down memory lane. And again, as always, don't just say what you mean or mean what you say. Say it with your chest. Peace.